Are you? Is that what's happening? I'm, yeah. <laughs> Does it sound like it's happening? <laughs> what, what is up, guys? It's the one, and not only Confused 20-something, where we take a look at different perspectives to try to figure out uh, common things that... <laughs> <laughs> I totally can't remember my intro. <laughs> I'm trying to make the, the dishwater sound like pee dribbles. <laughs> Just okay. to Okay, so, um, welcome to 20-something podcast, where we try to, where I'm looking at perspectives above, below, and all around me <laughs> to understand my place in this world. Am I allowed <laughs> to, to be on this? Yeah, I don't care. You're fine. This no, is, because I'm much out of my 20s. <laughs> that's the point. <laughs> you're ah. supposed to be the guiding light. So okay, this you're, is... You're doomed. <laughs> This is so doomed. So this is, I'd like to introduce my friend Jessica. (laughs) Um, As if she needs an introduction after that. Cryptic. um, Yeah, trying to make uh, water sound like urine. (laughs) So so this is my friend Jessica. She is um, much wiser than myself. And we have very good discussions about uh, life. I like to think of myself as an example of Older doesn't always equate wiser. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what makes you wise. (laughs) The fact that you think that. (laughs) Who was it? There was a, oh, his name. But someone, someone much smarter than me said, or was purported to say, wisdom is um, like the ability to fake stupidity or something. Like, but it's harder to go the other way around. Oh, like it's harder to pretend you're smart. It's really easy to call, like, see people that are like, you're just trying to be smart. You're not, you're dumb. Yeah. <laughs> you could, yeah, it's not as convincing. <clears throat> you know, that makes sense, actually. But smart people can play dumb because they're smart. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. So, <laughs> thank you, Captain. <laughs> so Fucking Captain, is, obvious. <laughs> so, this is my friend Jessica. Um, when I was in college, <clears throat> I met Jessica working at an internship in a company that was a few hours away from my home, and we have been friends ever since that time, and uh, I come to her for a lot of advice on more serious matters, because uh, if I didn't, it would be like the blind trying to lead the blind, <laughs> so so I come to Jessica with real world problems, <laughs> and um Today, we're just going to, we want to talk about some things that we talk about frequently. So when Jessica and I get together, it's like, we just sit and like, imagine like Socrates and like Plato in the same room together, but like dumb. <laughs> <laughs> like we just never Sweet. shut up. It's like too, but like, why? <laughs> no, no, like we, um, we just don't, I feel like we had this discussion yesterday. People, we value our friendship because we can have those conversations. And a lot of the time people aren't willing to have those conversations with another person. And we're the kind of people where we just want to sit and think about how we react to things and like why people make the decisions they do and reflect and think like, why is humanity like this? And which is why obviously I made this podcast because I needed some platform not to share my thoughts, but to organize them. <laughs> this is for me. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we'll sit for hours just talking about our beliefs and like why we think those things and we have really good discussions so I thought it would be really cool to have her on the show um and we really kind of want to talk about millennials and what it's like to be labeled as a millennial like what does that mean um 
And a lot of the time when you're labeled a millennial, so for myself, a lot of people would label me as a millennial. Jessica, probably not. <laughs> for me, <laughs> yes. Um, I'm at an age, I'm 23. I would very much be labeled as a millennial. And it's kind of like this blanket statement that people in our in our 20s right now get labeled with. And it's it's very frustrating because you feel like you're told that you're millennial and like it's like whenever you do something that these bulleted items are for a millennial, it's like your personality. It's not actually you as an individual. <clears throat> and Jessica is she has had the ability as somebody who's a little older to be able to see this happening and people don't label you as a millennial, but they would label me as a millennial even if we share similar traits just right. because of our age. Yes. It doesn't make any sense. Well, I think that's kind of like the trap of any label is that it's something that's prescribed to you and you have no actual hand in authoring what it is. <clears throat> but if you're told something long enough, you start to self-identify and describe yourself as like, oh, I'm a millennial. And it's trying to navigate sort of like, what does that all entail? You know, does that come with responsibilities? Does it come with you know, preconceived notions, like what, what exactly is this millennial? What is, what is this millennial? <laughs> <laughs> well, what I don't like is that people use it as a personality type. So you're told like, oh, you're a millennial. And they talk about how millennials have these traits. But I think what bothers me the most is that they're, because they're using it as a personality type, really, they claim that it's a generation of p individuals. But when you look at back at like baby boomers, for example, there's a very defined set of time that baby boomers are defined as. It's like people from this age to this age, and that's baby boomers or like generation X is like this generation, like this year to this year. And like, it's very set. Like if you look at different websites, they're going to give you maybe like a two to three year range on either side. Like it's very close. Whereas millennials, they're like, well, we just don't really know. Like we're just told that it's, it's, it's literally used as a personality. It's like, okay, well, millennial has this trait and this trait and this trait, but you know, maybe you just exhibit one trait and then you're told like, oh, that's just because you're a millennial. It's like, well, maybe, maybe that's actually not my personality. <laughs> it's reductionistic, right? <clears throat> it's like, okay, you're, you're displaying something that I attribute with an idea that I haven't even fully developed yet. It's like still in process. <laughs> of like well, solidifying but i've reduced you down to this label now yeah it's almost like there's no room for individual personalities absolutely <clears throat> like you're told you fit into this mold and this is the traits that millennials exhibit and we see a lot of these people and there's like a lot of broad generalizations which personally i feel are not always helpful so let me ask you something <clears throat> do you when you if 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 someone is it a different experience inside of your body when you hear the word millennial than if someone calls you a millennial? Is that a different experience? Oh, Just yeah. Millennial. For sure. It's <clears throat> very different because if somebody calls like, oh, you're just a millennial, that's like you're being told the traits that you exhibit. Whereas if somebody asks you, like, would you consider yourself a millennial? At least you have a second to be like, OK, well, I mean, I have this trait and this trait that maybe I could identify with, but like not really. Because I think we're told, like, myself, I'm kind of an old soul. Like, I really don't exhibit most of the traits that a lot of millennials have. But, like, 
for example, a lot of people are like, oh, millennials, they just want to travel all the time. That would be a trait that I exhibit. Like I'm, I'm very much into that. Like that is something, but that's a thing that a lot of young people have. That's not just one generation. Like I think most people are like that. And just as a culture, you see these shifts, these cultural shifts, and they're like attributing it to a certain group of people. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Yeah, like it exists in a vacuum. Like, oh, I don't know how this just this whole millennial generation just <laughs> manifested out of nothing. Like, poof! Now we have all of these kids with like, you know, skinny jeans. And <laughs> hey, don't hate on them skinny jeans. <laughs> I like those. Them I like fucking, them skinny jeans. <laughs> I like the high waisted ones because then I can hide my fat. <laughs> <laughs> um, but have you ever heard that term, millennial? in like a description of your generation as a positive thing. Like it's like, ah, uh, you know, for me, you know how amazing I am with technology and my phone. <laughs> <laughs> and if someone's like, well, you know, my nieces can figure out my phone quicker than I can, right? And, and I've, have I ever heard someone say, oh, it's because they're millennials. You know, they're just like, their mind adapts quickly the technology they understand it they grew up with it like have you ever heard it as an actual positive like they're millennials they're adaptable you know they're i i have i have heard that before yes where it's like we've we have experienced a lot of change and speaking of technology there's another thing that they have recently started talking about how so i'm 23 right now they're talking about people my age like very similar to my age so like maybe 20 to 25 we almost don't fit with the term millennial so like millennials are saying people who more like i think the broad definition of millennial somebody who grew up in the 90s but people who were born in the late 90s when technology really started taking off you have um also jessica's doing dishes so i'm so sorry that's so loud (laughs) if there's clanking it's fine (laughs) it's fine just ignore it um gotta do dishes um that brown girl in the kitchen (laughs) so um people talk about this like kind of almost like a lost generation because millennials for people who are like cognizant and they could speak for themselves and maybe were more so like young like young teenagers or like from the ages of like 11 or so on in the early 90s that's a lot different than somebody like me who was born in the late 90s and I really grew up growing with technology so like when when I was first born you know people had home phones you didn't have cell phones like that wasn't a thing but as time's gone on like I was around when we had flip phones but I've also experienced iPhones and I've experienced all generations of iPhones not not saying that I had them but I've seen them and I I know how to interact with them so it's different because I can still remember looking at really shitty just like (laughs) programs from the 90s and maybe that's because my family like one of my parents is very into technology so I don't know if that's just me but you know, you have a generation that really grew up as technology has progressed. So we've kind of been molded into this. It's weird because we can remember when there wasn't technology, but we have also accepted and, be, you know, we incorporated in everyday life. But that's specific to people my age. But then you have Generation Z who's never experienced those things. And then you have the people, I guess, on the other side of that who don't really understand it fully because they were they grew up most of their childhood not having those things so they don't have the same level of understanding as somebody who's closer to my age where like you really grew up with that and you had to use it like we started using laptops at a very young age in schools and things like that so there's this weird gap between millennial and generation z of these like random people (laughs) this very small gap of years where you really have people that took technology and grew with it they grew up with it and they remember both sides 
And it's a very different experience from somebody who grew up most of their childhood without those things. And they were say teenagers and then people who have always had that. Well, you actually bring up an interesting point. So if I'm hearing you correctly, it, it sounds like you're speaking to the idea that within this blanket term of millennial, there's, there's vast differences in experience. And I think that we're going to kind of get into that today of that's why labeling and identity and, you know, <clears throat> can be problematic, but sometimes maybe necessary. Yeah. So technology changes so fast and rapidly that we have a yes. group of people who have experienced that rapid change and experienced all different ends of that, that spectrum. Well, and think about, okay, so like my, my grandparents, they, we, we described their generation as the depression era generation, right? Mm-hmm. But that was, it was something that they, a lot of people experienced together, like on mass. And it was something that took what, five, 10 years, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. <clears throat> the fallout from that was we're able to track that over time, but because of the rapid growth of technology and how that has affected our lives in such profound ways, um, I mean, it's affected how we relate to each other. It's affected how our you know minds are shaped and, and all of that, that even just within that <clears throat> identity, people don't identify with it. Yeah, so like when you make a blanket statement like, oh, millennials do this and that, you have this group of people my age who are like, I don't exhibit most of these traits, Yes, but I exhibit some of them because right. because technology changed so fast. So like between, so for baby boomers, technology didn't really change for them because it was just a steady thing. But now we've, in like the late 90s, we hit this point where just technology just took off and everything changes so rapidly. So you have all these people experiencing a very vast amount of things that previous generations would not have the luxury of experiencing all at one time. And it's hard for people, especially when things rapidly changing, adapting, it's hard for young people to figure out, okay, well, where do I fit into this? Because they're just making these blanket statements about millennials. And you're like, well, I don't, I don't really fit into that. I don't fit into this mold. It's like, they're giving me this boundary to be different inside of, I I don't know. I just, I don't, it's almost an insult and like there are things like you'll see every once in a while I would say like 80 to 90 percent of the time being labeled a millennial is a bad thing like they're they claim like you don't respect people you you're very selfish and things like that but you know there's lots of examples I've seen where that's really not the case so like people my age I almost feel that we tend to empathize with others a lot more so just a very simple example I think a lot of people have seen is baby boomers they will not say it's no problem they say thank you when somebody does something for them they go thank you for doing that where somebody who's my age like 80 percent of the time we all say it's no problem it's very it's a very small thing but it's very culturally it's very different well and so i've i don't know if you've experienced this i don't i'm not even i can't recall at the moment if i even have but when boomers speak to their generation you know, or uh, the like my grandparents, when they talked about being, you know, <clears throat> growing up in the Depression era, they, they identify themselves with these attributes. You know, so it's, I don't know if it's, if it was a different kind of community and camaraderie, if there was a, a closer similarity in experience at that time, or if our presupposition about, <clears throat> You know that oh it's so different that the the rapid growth in technology has just made it so different because if you think about my parents they grew up 
when they were younger, there was radios, you know, mm-hmm. and that was, it would be like the equivalent of now, right? And then radios went to. <clears throat> You're um, saying, you know, so their radio is RTV. Well, yeah, I'm just trying to like give context. But yeah, I, <clears throat> I don't know. It's like, hold on, let me. Yeah. So what I'm thinking is we, because you've made a, a couple of statements like, okay, well, it's, it could be. You know, we're just playing with ideas here, but maybe it's because of the growth of technology. And although I do agree with you that the growth in technology, the speed and rate at which it has changed and shifted and actually left a mark on on our day to day lives is pretty incredible. Um, I don't know that I agree completely that it was it's so different from past generations. I guess, so I would say that past generations, I think that Think about radio commercials to to television, to color television, to cell phones, to, um, you know, things of that nature. I know that they changed, but I think the big difference is how fast and rapidly they changed. So like if you looked at the graph and the growth of technology, the the parabola, so like that curve on that graph would be, the slope would become a lot steeper. Right. So like the time it took from like, for example, for like TVs, TVs and phones, you could really talk about the timeline there. So like for TVs, the transition from households having no TVs and just a radio would be the same as like the amount of households that had home phones going to cell phones. It, it would be very similar, but I think that the impact of the, well, you could probably, I almost feel like you, that would be a better comparison of that, of that change. But I think that for people who are my age, the amount of invasiveness and the amount of privacy and the amount of boundaries that get, that get changed and morphed because of the different type of technology we're dealing with now, I think people's boundaries have changed. Like a television, you know, when they first came out, it was, okay, well, um, we have this this TV and there's only so many channels on it and that's it. That's everybody has the same amount and the same access and this is what we all watch. Like, you know, there was like two news stations nationally and like everybody had the same information. Whereas now, if you look at like cell phones, you have a the amount of you know, your boundaries are almost lost in a sense and your amount of information that you're fed from all these different places, nobody's getting the same information. So it's kind of like, and I would say that the the rapid pace that that happened is a lot faster than when TVs were made. So like it took a long time for people to even get colored TVs. It took a long time for people to get TVs. Whereas iPhones, a new one comes out every year. They make an improvement every year. Facebook came out, then Instagram, and then all this stuff. I just feel that it's happening at a more rapid pace. It's like they hit, it's literally like, whoop, <laughs> the curve. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you, you bring up a really interesting point. Maybe that's why millennials or people who have been labeled as millennials within that, you know, those years, born in those years, maybe that's why they have a hard time ident- like self-identifying as a millennial is because things changed so quickly that there wasn't time for integration ground in it to identify with it. Yeah, it's almost like it changed fast enough that we didn't we didn't really have time to think about ourselves in a in a sense. It's kind of like, ooh, fun new toy, and then like on top of that, you have all the the implications that come with that. So like, for example, myself, I'm even guilty of this. Like, I can't focus like my attention span compared to say my my mother or like my uncle or whatever. 
my attention span is a lot slower. Like I constantly need dopamine hits off of like watching YouTube or like looking at Instagram and like things like that. Whereas previous generations, they could just sit down and like just chill for a sec. Just have a think. Yeah. Have a, a think. A good a think. A good old think. Just a, a good a think. think. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas now it's like if I'm doing something, like even just doing a day-to-day task, I need something else to like keep my mind from like I need something to entertain me constantly and like give me some sort of stimulation. So like I'll be at work, for example, and even the like the me and the girl who's in the same role as me, like you'll see us will have our headphones on while we're doing work and we're listening to like podcasts or music or watching a, like listening to a, mu- a YouTube video or something like we while we're doing something else. So you have all these and it's just like it's a it's an overload of stimulation. Oh, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> well, and I think that we wanted to take this to a place where we start speaking about boundaries as well. And I think mm. that you've highlighted an elegant segue <laughs> because that could be a boundary issue. You know, like we'd like to, obviously the rise of technology and the integration of it into our daily lives did not happen in a vacuum. You mm-hmm. know, it happened simultaneously with other factors like, um, like challenges to more traditional ways of thinking like being exposed to different ways of life, <clears throat> like, um, you know, the, the degradation of the nuclear family, these kind of things. We have to take those into account as well, <clears throat> you know? Well, when tech- it caught up with them, like boomers, boomers, this happens with every generation, you know? <clears throat> they, our grandparents thought our, our parents were crazy, you know, like Elvis mm. swinging his hips was like such yeah, a like slutty little that. hoe, you know, <laughs> you're like, oh, how, you know, <laughs> and um, they call him the king of rock and roll, even though like he was, his music was completely derivative of like black rock and roll at the time, you know, yeah, that he yeah. just brought it to the mainstream because he was like a Southern white boy. <laughs> and it was like a safe way to bring that to the, you know, the mainstream or the dominant culture get to the collective i mean that's like rap i mean rap is more commonly accepted i mean obviously they don't put like the most explicit stuff on the radio but you used to not really see it now yeah yeah it's like it's it's on the radio now (laughs) well they've gone from like it used to mostly just be pop like if you think of like the early 2000s it was like kelly clarkson oh my god (laughs) but now it's like i'll turn on the radio and like i'll get like rap (laughs) like hard rap not saying i I don't like it because i i do but (laughs) but um i mean it changes so like you have people who are more influential and bring that to to broader platforms which is another thing too so speaking of boundaries if you if you look at technology, you have way more access to things beyond your own scope. So in back in the day, it's like, like I said, with TVs, you only had a, cert, a set amount of information you could get. Whereas now you have people in what they like to call echo chambers, just constantly getting fed different information from, say, somebody who thinks differently or whatever. I don't care what side you're on. That's just the fact of the matter. You're constantly in an echo chamber. And like I feel that people don't really like to have discussions anymore because they, they don't really have people don't have boundaries so you can't you can't have a discussion if you don't have boundaries because and a lot of the times people will tie in a lot of emotion into the discussions that they're having but that's not the point of the discussion the discussion is to hear somebody else and like if you feel that if you don't feel a discussion is going to be productive don't have it that's a boundary (laughs) right there right it's interesting to watch that the more unboundaried our culture and our world becomes the more 
rigid it also becomes. <clears throat> you yeah, know? like you can't say certain things and people get more and more polarized on each side and then it's the discussion's not even worth having at that point. Absolutely. Because, you know, in, in the effort to seek out a self, to identify, to differentiate, to have boundaries, um, they're doing it in an unboundaried way. And so it's just a mess. Well, it's what I really, like I, if I were a person who identified very hard, like very stringently, I've built my idea of myself on an idea that was presented to me, like, I don't know, uh, Catholic, whatever. I was raised Catholic. Oh God. If I, (laughs) (laughs) explains a lot, doesn't it? (laughs) Christer. But, you know, if I, if I identified with an idea that was given to me and that I have never filtered through myself because I don't have a self, you know, I'm just regurgitating what I was told, but I identify with that. So it's like, that's what they talk about where the, the bad way to have a discussion or to have an argument is that ad hominem attack, or it's like you attack the person. But the problem was why people, I think, have become so easily triggered is because they identify too heavily with beliefs that they hold. Like they, you're saying it, that their identity becomes, it's like their, um, are you saying like people are exposing their values too much? Like they don't have a boundary to keep that closer to themselves? Or could you like explain further? Oh, hold on. Cut out for some reason. Oh, I what? I whisper. Oh, yeah, there you go. Now I can hear you. <laughs> don't whisper to yourself. It's creepy. Yeah. Don't don't whisper. I can't hear you. It's too, it's too far. <laughs> I can't hear. Okay, so repeat your question. So are you saying like people are holding their values, you know, because people obviously, so we have core values and then from there we expand. So like people have values that they're very, um, they're very that run deep so like a core value would be like what your religion is or it would be like if you want to have kids or if you don't want to have kids so like that's something that you value a lot that's a core value so are you saying people are tying these values into the discussions that they're having too heavily and then it causes it to be emotional or I guess I'm, I'm not understanding so <clears throat> when I think of a boundary right I am I you are you mm-hmm. and and like we discussed yesterday like we have internal and external boundaries Yes. You know, like think of a wall as a boundary. <clears throat> fence around my house. A fence around your house. There's an inside of the house, which has its own rules. And there's an outside of a house. Think of it. You can even think of it as a kingdom, right? Outside mm-hmm. of the castle walls, there's a world out there that has its own rules. Um, inside, there's a kingdom that needs to have its own rules too. So if I have boundaries that are internal, those are rules that I've set for myself. And those should be built on core values. <clears throat> core values that as I grow up, I observe in others. And I, I mean, we, we're like sponges. They always call children sponges. You're picking up things in your environment. You model what you see. Um, that's how all animals learn how to become like the adult animals is because they watch like play fighting for like cats, dogs, mammals, animals, yeah, my animals. <laughs> yes. My animals. But so, if I have rules for my inner kingdom that I have set for myself and then there's rules for the outer, like, okay, a boundary, an internal boundary would be, for example, I, I have 
the password to all of the people's computers in my office mm-hmm. because it's all the same password. <laughs> so I could go on their computer at any time, read their Skypes and see if anybody's talking about me. I don't, I don't do that because I have an internal boundary that says, no, this is not what you do here. Like, this is not how Jessica likes to think of herself. Like I have, in, I have certain things that I hold myself accountable for and certain things that I just don't do. That's so it would be for like, myself. for example, if somebody was like, you know, interested in somebody who was like married and, but they were like, you know, I, I I'm not even going to go there. Like I can feel like this person's attractive, but morally I just don't feel that I need to cross that line with this person. And I have respect enough for myself and the other person that I don't feel that I'm going to do that. I'm just not going to participate in that. So that would be like an internal boundary. Yes. That's when you are doing yourself. Like you are the queen of your own kingdom. You know, those are rules that you've set for yourself. And that's what you hold yourself to. I hold myself accountable to these set ideas that I have for myself. Yes, absolutely. And if you want to talk about, so I think most people, well, maybe not, maybe that's, being too generous. <laughs> I think we can agree that out external boundaries would be um, I don't allow people to manipulate me, right? If I recognize that someone is being duplicitous in the way that they speak with me or that they act with me, I will either remove myself from the situation or I will like highlight the battlefield, you know, like, okay. If someone comes up to you and they're like, wow, like that's a really cute outfit. I love how you're just so like, you just don't care what anyone thinks, you know, you're just going to wear whatever you want. Is that a a compliment? It's a bit backhanded. (laughs) Exactly. It's, it's dishonest communication, right? Because I'm too much of a chicken shit to just be an asshole to you. (laughs) without some sort of like deniable plot, you know, <laughs> um, but at the same time, I want to be an asshole to you. So a boundary for you setting those boundaries could say, excuse me, would you like to come a little closer when you say that? <laughs> like, so you know, like, <laughs> would an example of an external boundary be like, um, maybe like a toxic person in your life? So say you have um, a-, a friend or a family member and they're, I don't know, maybe they're, uh, I'll use personal example for me, narcissistic. So you have somebody who's toxic for you and you, you know, maybe as a, as a kid, you don't, you don't really think about these things, but, um, you know, you realize this person's toxic and you're like, okay, I just can't, there are certain things I cannot tell this person. I cannot involve them. There's a certain level of involvement that they can have in my life. And then that's where I cut it. So if they have, um, if they're too involved, then, I back off or I, I pull away. Like that's my boundary. Like you do not cross this boundary with, with our relationship. You need to stay on your side and I'm going to stay over here. And if you're not going to respect my boundary, then I'm going to remove myself. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's like, you're not allowing them to come too far into you set the line and they are not to cross it. And mm-hmm. you hold that line, like the integrity that's you, you know, <clears throat> you are the integrity of that line because you're not allowing them in further than they should be. Mm -hmm. And just like with external, like you gave the example of, you know, like a married messing around with married people, you hold that line for yourself. You're not going to push too far into them. You know, that's a line you're not willing to cross. Here's a line in the sand where you're not allowing people in past that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly, exactly it. And I almost feel like something that's in my generation is a really, it's interesting. So one, I watched this video a while ago and it kind of stuck out to me. It talks about how people my age, we have, um, it's like we, it's almost like people are disposable. So we have all these people running around my age who are like, you know, I want to, um, you know, it's like people can't have flaws almost. So for example, if you get into a relationship with somebody and, and say there's one little flaw that you don't like, they'll just cut that person out. And, but it's weird because we all have like a lot of people my age have like abandonment issues and it's very, very I odd. I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> if someone's just willing to throw me out with the trash because, you know, like, I didn't shave too closely today. I wonder why I have abandonment issues. You know, it's like, like why I just distrust. It's like <laughs> we have this, these, we have all these kids running around that, that want interaction, but then they can't actually deal with people. So it's safe very... attachments, safe attachments. Mm-hmm. We don't you really have to have boundaries for safe attachment. We if don't let no people boundaries. In. There's no safety. There's no inner safety. There's no outer safety. If there's no wall, there's no safety. Well, we don't really let people in. We don't allow people to really see. It's like we're lonely, a lot of us, but we also don't allow people to to come in. But we're always told, you know, like sometimes you just need to talk about your emotions and blah, blah, blah. But then we, we don't allow anybody to have flaws. It's like, you know, if you get into a relationship with somebody and then it's like you have one argument and then you break up. And now maybe that argument's about a core value. That's important. That's understandable. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like how you said like, oh, I didn't, I didn't wax <laughs> this month. So now this person's like disgusted with me. Like I've seen a lot of my friends get, it, it's a, they're just very superficial relationships and it's sad because like you're not really allowing it's like these it's like people my age are putting on these masks and then they're only allowing even the people that they're supposedly close to to see these masks and they're not it's like you're not even allowed to it's like you're not even allowed to really say certain statements anymore (laughs) like I feel like a lot of the time people are so afraid of being judged it's like because they everybody wants to be perfect and I've also heard people attribute that to like social media so you see everybody through the all these good things and I know there's some people who are kind of personally I don't do this but people who like post like oh my god like all this stuff on online and I I don't know I just did something really interesting when you were speaking you said people noticed in people your age and just I mean you're a very observant person so you know not not really <laughs> you're no, well you are you are and you're reflective which you know <clears throat> is a credit to you you've noticed you've observed in others and I'm sure in yourself as well oh yeah for sure like I'm the, these are things that interest me because I'm like oh my god like am I doing this and then I'll start thinking of things I'm like holy shit like that's not oh no <laughs> absolutely absolutely you use the words what you said people don't want to let others in think of just that language let them in in what inside the gates mm-hmm. inside the gates let them into me i mean it's so cheesy it's such like a woo thing these days to be like <laughs> intimacy means into me see you know it's like <laughs> thank you thank you <clears throat> yes like assume is to make an ass out of you and me <laughs> similar so profound mind blown so wow profound. <laughs> wow <laughs> just got chills creep chills yes so that language in and of itself you know it 
this is how our minds are structured, right? This is how our worlds are structured is boundaries. But you have to, you have to have those boundaries because if there's no gate and it's just a convoluted enmeshment with everyone, <clears throat> there's no, you're, I'm not letting you in because there's no in. Well, there's no boundary. There's no fence. There's no boundary. Think about like even our bodies, right? There's layers. There's layers of skin. The skin keeps the guts on the inside. You know, our intestines has its internal flora. It keeps like things from the rest of our body, you know, <laughs> like it has its own bacteria that's not supposed to be traveling up through your, the rest of your bloodstream, things like this nature. <clears throat> there's boundaries everywhere and they have to have their own integrity. So but you also were speaking to the the problem, the the sad truth is that with our values being so influenced and shaped by capitalistic ideas <clears throat> and values, core values, capitalism, we've commodified each other, commodified ourselves. So if other people have now become like this, you were speaking about masks, let's just say a shirt, something you try on. Does it look cute? Toss it, right? Because there's a gun, there's gonna be another one. Well, with the world, we have access to the entire world in our sweaty pocket, right? <laughs> <laughs> I have access to the reaches of the planet in my hand. That expands your worldview <clears throat> in a boundaryless way because there's 9 billion people, whereas, okay, when you, when there was a time when we had smaller villages, have you ever heard of this term? Camp hot. A what? <laughs> camp hot. So you go to summer camp <clears throat> and you have this little, like, cute little romance and you oh, just fall in love fling. with a summer fling, right? Or camp summer hot. romance. So this idea about camp hot, right? And then you, you come back to the world and you look back at pictures and you're like, damn, that boy was not cute at all. The fuck? Boring as shit. <laughs> not very interesting, you know, <clears throat> not cute. What was I think camp hot? Because when your world is reduced like, down <laughs> to something smaller, you choose the best from what you have, right? You know, that's really funny that you use that example of camp because there is a show called Love Island. Have you heard of that? <laughs> the only way I heard of it was watching <laughs> YouTubers play the Love Island game. I was like, what is this? <laughs> So I have, I think I have an episode, I have an episode on this and it's about, it is about these people that they throw into these like villas or whatever. And when they, they throw these people into these villas and what happens is everything's, um, everything's sped up. So like the relationships form faster, the drama comes to light faster, um, arguments, ensue because they put like eight to ten people in these houses and then just tell them you have to have a partner or you're out and mm -hmm. so like mentally for a person it almost it almost reminds me of the that um you know people are very susceptible to changing to their environment so like for example they had that study i don't remember what college but they told half the kids in the class at this college like you're prisoners and then they told the other half you're the guards and like it, it was it, a stanford prison experiment mm -hmm. and it Stan turned stanford stanford <laughs> stanford and sons Crick. well i'm educated <laughs> and it turns into this huge thing like people people are very susceptible to being told things 
and they will change and they'll adapt. And so it makes what you're saying makes sense. Like you could see from that study, like a lot of those kids have to have therapy. Like there is like a switch that just turns on in your brain. So like, for example, summer, I mean, maybe not as drastic as needing therapy from being abused in a, at a college, but, um, you know, if during the summertime, it's like you're limited to a certain amount of people, you're only have access to these people. So it's like, oh, well, of course I'm just going to do what I can within my own means. Yeah. Like that's what I, I'm going to do what I will. I'm going to use the resources that I have available to me because this is my world right now, which almost goes, it, um, hold on. Well, I think about it with like Tinder, right? Like, Oh God, we have this <laughs> cut out idea. This it's almost like a, we'll insert anyone into this role because people have become, I mean, we always served roles like in our communities, in our, in our families, things of that, like that. But when people have become commodified, you don't take the person as a whole, yeah, as well, a look, whole person, because you're not even a whole person. Well, look at Facebook. Facebook, they sell people. And what the most amazing thing about Facebook is and how interesting they are as a company is that they don't even have to make their own product. You are making the product. They're selling you as a person to advertisers. <laughs> it's evil genius of like Nike. I mean, when I was when it's, I was It's completely younger, evil. I don't agree with I, Facebook. And <laughs> hate, it was such a Facebook. cool thing. It was such a cool thing to like buy a shirt that said Nike. Supreme. Nike shirt. I'm free advertising for them. Yeah. And, and it's like you're not even double what a t-shirt would be. <laughs> just advertise <laughs> well, for them. Well, dude, think about Supreme. Supreme used to be sold in Walmart and now people pay like $50 for a Supreme t-shirt. How did that happen? It's still Supreme. I don't think most people my age even know that Supreme used to be sold in Walmart. Right. They're like, no, it's just this brand that influencers wear. So I wear that. And like, that's it. <laughs> but that's a poor boundary. How so? Okay. So we talked about like <clears throat> when you don't have boundaries and actually I, I was listening to a video on CPD from a YouTuber named Richard Grannon. Mm -hmm. And he's talking about <clears throat> poor boundaries and, and CPD and, and things like that. And he was saying that when you don't have boundaries, like we need boundaries. If we didn't have our skin we'd be guts we'd be in trouble <laughs> we need boundaries in every way you know um you have to find the walls like you he's like if you don't have boundaries and you're thrashing about trying to find the walls where do i stop and you begin where do you stop where do i begin who am i what am i like we have to identify with something and if we have no boundaries no understanding of ourselves no autonomy no respect for another person's autonomy and agency when it's all so like convoluted and merged you know you that is become desperate for a boundary that is something that i think my generation struggles a lot with i don't think a lot of us have boundaries or we even think to have them like it's Absolutely not something not we're taught it's like it's very so I think even earlier we were talking about how you know um I think a lot of people will say like they they won't just say no um a good example of that is like oh well, I hey instead of asking hey would you like to do this with me tonight it's are you free tonight and it's almost like if you say yes then you're automatically like oh you're gonna go yes and that's and that's it that's a product of enmeshment, right? It's because you're not you, I'm not me. We are an us. We're a collective whole. <laughs> I've pushed into you too far and I've brought you into me too far. 
there we're not you know integral entities in and of ourselves <clears throat> it kind of reminds me of a book that i think a lot of people had to read in like elementary or middle school you remember the giver i remember reading that book and there's a lot of things that i'll see today and it reminds me of the way that the mindset of the that that group had for anybody if you if anybody hasn't read the giver it's basically just like it's a book about this community of people and they are one. And is that the, uh, I think I might be thinking of an Anne Rand book, but I don't even think they're allowed to say like, I, I think that's an Anne Rand book though. That's a different one. Similar message, but. Um, so in the giver, it's a dystopian book. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. Um, and I would say it's like a, a what would you, teenage reading level. Oh, I yeah, read it in eighth grade. So, I mean, it's. <clears throat> I think I read it even before that. It's an, it's a great book. Like it really. Excellent there's it's about a community of people with no boundaries and they're yes. all the collective unit and like i don't even think they it's stay stripped, with it's stripped identity so it's mm -hmm. and it's stripped bonds so just to give you like a short, they, a they short don't backdrop even, they don't the even giver, like keep people with their real family they yes. pull they pull babies away and are like you go with this family unit and you and there's like designated people who are made to have babies and like they're the producers of babies like you are a commodity it's like divergent and handmaid's tale kind of all meshed together but it came mm -hmm. many years before those two were yeah, written yeah. in this like utopian community they have done away Dysto with dystopian dystopian yes <laughs> not well, but, not a utopia <laughs> yeah but in their mind this was the way to address mm -hmm. the issues of the time mm -hmm. so <clears throat> they have a very strong boundary inside and and information is controlled um bonds are controlled like just they try to strip away as much humanity as they can in order to avoid the pitfalls of humanity like individuality the passions, individuality family loyalties you know mm -hmm. things like that so for example Thing in the that, book things that make people people yeah yeah absolutely our flaws um i feel and even earlier we were talking and that actually the giver is a very good example of how people use the term millennial. It's like, or even just for people my age, they go, okay, these are the personality traits that you are allowed to exhibit. And say they give us this, this, just imagine like a circle, right? This colored in circle. And th these are the boundary. These are the personality traits that you are, you are allowed to exhibit. And things beyond that are like heartless, cold, blah, 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 blah. Like you don't fit this mold and you're only allowed to be individual, individualistic within these set these set of rules and it's like how and, and one thing that the, I remember in school when <laughs> oh god this irritates me so bad one thing I remember in school is it was weird because I felt like I was being given conflicting messages they were always like you need you're an individual and you're this person and you need to be different from everybody but then at the same time they're giving these messages where it's like you need to be the same I'm like well which is it because like they're they're like well if you think that then no <laughs> like that's the split it's like when henry ford came out and he said you can have you know you can have a ford in whatever color you want as long as it's black like yeah and that's like, wait a minute thing. i i feel yeah. very confused by that statement <laughs> that's exactly how i feel i feel like it's like you know telling um, me i have options to individuate or <laughs> i do not have options to individuate what are you saying to me <laughs> well uh, that's i don't know it was just always well i do know i say i don't know but 
I um, it was really irritating for me because I never, as a kid, it's like you know you don't realize these things until later. But they're like you're oh you're your own person and blah 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 blah. And but then you're told you're like fed all this garbage like we all need to work towards this and blah 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 and like we need to do it this way and we're told that and it's like how are you supposed to be an individual when you're all told to focus on the same things and blah 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 and like I feel like a really big and you know what is a a good example Hmm. the way that you're supposed to express your individuality now is all through like you brand yourself right you've heard this term branding Mm -hmm. my brand this brand, Mm -hmm. the way you express your individuality is not what your unique set of interests, talents, personally held values, you know, developed ideas over time, not what you as a person brings to the table, to the community and to your own life. It's what you consume is defined, that defines who you are, Mm -hmm. right? Okay, you wear Adidas shoes. That's who you are. It's not a personality trait. We've talked about this. Just like <laughs> your how how many followers you have. It's not a personality trait. It always that term followers. This is a tangent. It's creepy. Always, it's creepy. Like cult leaders have followers. <laughs> I am. So I am creepy. a cult. I'm a cult leader. I have followers. <laughs> like where are you leading them? Oh, to look at pictures of my ass. Literally off a cliff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm I'm leading them to. <laughs> Leading them voyeuristically to... hate them <laughs> like hate themselves by observing my life that's not really my life. I'm <laughs> like, leading you, them where are you going I'm leading them to buy um these random detox teas from China that will literally <laughs> blow your butthole up but I get money every time you click on this link <laughs> aren't you so glad you followed me <laughs> <laughs> yes I just love this corset that I'm wearing and it just makes my ribs in, it put be put into awkward positions and it doesn't actually help me you know lose weight it just constricts me and I I can't breathe and <laughs> it just is so helpful like that's how I feel <laughs> like that's to feel like the garbage I'm being fed it's almost like well you were saying something about <clears throat> how you know when you were growing up it the idea of being an individual and setting yourself apart was emphasized, but they didn't give you any sort of context with that no. or, or tools to begin developing that. No, not at all. And shifting boundaries, it, it doesn't make you feel safe and it doesn't make you well-defined. I mean, I don't want to confuse this with never reflecting and updating your, your values and your boundaries, because those should change over time. Um, <clears throat> but that's the oh. <clears throat> what did you just Sorry. do? Threw the chicken in the wrong way. I, <laughs> I want to start cooking this chicken. But <laughs> chicken. <laughs> um. um. So. So. So Jessica and I stopped to eat. <laughs> we. We started uh, recording at like two in the afternoon, and it's like eight in the a- in the evening right now. <laughs> Listen, we had chicken. This is <laughs> this is a two part conversation. Um, Jessica's back in the kitchen now, though. I don't know why we keep recording with her in the kitchen. <laughs> so you're gonna hear- I have shit to do. 
<laughs> like I can't handle a, a dirty kitchen. I'm like, there's dishes. They should be cleaned. You're like, I'm an adult, okay? So listen up, bitch. <laughs> listen up, bitch. <laughs> shit to do. Um, I'm drinking coffee at 7:45 at night for you. <laughs> so just let me do just, my dishes. Just, just, just take a little sip. Just. A little sip. <laughs> Jessica's drinking coffee. I'm drinking liquor. <laughs> you can tell, like that ten year age difference really makes it really makes a big difference. <laughs> you know, I'm just out here drinking drinking whiskey. <laughs> I'm trying so hard to hold on to, so, to life. <laughs> we stopped to eat. Which was really good. That chicken was delicious. <laughs> delicious. <laughs> and then uh and then we had a whole other conversation about things that we probably could have recorded but like didn't <laughs> didn't occur to us. And then uh I needed a mental digestion. <laughs> yeah, we had to stop. She forced me to color in silence. <laughs> Not okay with this. <laughs> you were so uncomfortable. You're like, but can we listen to a to YouTube or or music? I'm like, no, I need silence. I was like, what is the silence you speak of? I just needed to color in silence. Blasphemy. <laughs> Sacrilege. Man, maybe I am a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> and I am what? A nine-year-old. <laughs> Wait, if you're nine, does that make me like two? <laughs> That's... If the shoe fits, bitch. <laughs> oh That's definitely a yes. Hmm. Um, okay, so before we stop to eat and take like a seven-hour break, <laughs> um, we were talking about um, boundaries and how I think we live in a society that right now, due to a lot of external factors like technology, um, a lot of people are kind of living without boundaries. We're kind of boundaryless. These people, so we talked about kind of like this fictitious, uh, I don't know, like monument with inside you. So say, for example, you have a castle or a, a house with a fence or a castle with a, a moat around it. And your internal boundaries are things that... <clears throat> things that you have inside you like I will not cross this line because this is not what I want to define me um for example like being like I'm not gonna smoke cigarettes or I won't buy cigarettes but I'll only bum them <laughs> to prevent myself from smoking <laughs> yeah it's a moral value system <clears throat> and then you have external values that are um or external boundaries that are like I'm not gonna you know, somebody's coming at you maybe with something that's <clears throat> or a toxic relationship and you're like, I'm just going to exit this or I need a break or whatever. And that would be an external boundary. So outside of your your inner house fence. <laughs> and right now, because of a lot of things, we um we really just don't have we kind of live in a culture in, in America, I guess, where a lot, I don't know if this is I can only speak to America because that's the only country I've lived in. Um but we live in a society that necessarily we don't have a lot of boundaries and I think people lack the ability to create boundaries for themselves they don't respect others people's boundaries <coughs> if they exist and a lot of people that are my age struggle to even understand 
boundaries and having them. So for example, you know, a lot of people, um, it's like, you'll get asked if you're free that evening instead of being asked, Hey, would you like to go do this activity? And and there's a big difference between the two. So you have like, Oh, you know, Hey, are you, you know, we want to go do this tonight. Would you be interested in that? And they're between or versus something like, Hey, are you free? And that's all that you ask so is like your only response if you're is yes or no. And you have to lie and say no if you're and then if you say yes, you're just expected to show up to whatever's going on. Yeah, I've noticed a strange enigma where it's like <clears throat> you feel both obligated to give in an unboundary way. So you have to give a good reason or an explanation or you know, preface everything with like <laughs> caveats or disclaimers or like parental guidance stickers when you're going to make a comment. And we also seem to feel entitled to other people, like to, to be able to cross that line. So it, speaking to what you were just saying, people asking each other, well, what are you up to? Mm-hmm. Instead of asking, hey, are you interested or would you like to do this or X, Y, Z? Yeah. And I mean, have you ever experienced this where sometimes they don't even follow up with it? They're just reaching out, like shooting out into the dark. Yeah. And like they don't actually have anything planned. Like yeah. I, I'm even I'll admit I'm guilty of that myself. Okay. But like, well, it was what happened is in high school, I noticed. Um, so I had this friend. I'll call her. Uh, I don't know. What's Toby. Good name? Toby. Sure. So I know a girl named Toby and she. And I would get so annoyed. So like, I'm better about it. Like I was, I think I was worse when I was younger because I, uh, I would get annoyed because me and one of my other friends, she kind of, she was crossing, I guess you could say she was crossing boundaries now that we're talking about this. She was crossing boundaries and my, my very close friend and I, we were kind of like, you know, like when that one person texts you and you're just like, oh God, like I don't, I don't have the capacity to deal with this person right now. Um, They were a burden on you. Yeah, so we um, we would also, hold on, my mic's really quiet, let me do something. Sorry, are you picking up this water? <laughs> um, so we would hang out with, so she would text us and be like, what are you up to? And we'd just be like, oh God. Uh, and I would get so annoyed because I felt like I didn't even have the capacity to say no, but she was one of those people where it's like, I can't. Like, I need a lot of energy to hang out with you and, like, be able to be around you. Like, it, you know, because you have people in your life where you can just be like, yeah, I can just chill and have a have a nice time. And then you have other people where it's like, I can only be around you for so long. <laughs> and she, and, and always, and always, instead of asking, like, hey, are, uh, would you be interested in doing this activity? It, the, the structure of the conversation would go, hey, are you free? And then let's pretend I say yes, right? So I say yes. And then she would be like, oh, okay, you want to go do this thing? I'm like, maybe we, maybe just ask me if I want to go do that. Like, if I'm free or not isn't a factor. Plus, if if you have an activity and, like, I really want to go to it and I don't really, like, my other plans were, like, kind of, like, iffy, I'll be like, yeah, sure. And then I'll tell, you know, maybe, like, my dad or whatever. I'll be like, hey, I'm going to go do this today. And it's like, okay, do whatever we're doing. The other, you know what I mean? Like, if I'm free or not shouldn't even be a factor. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> And I feel like I always feel obligated to give an excuse <laughs> if I well, don't want to like, Yeah. I'm drinking alcohol. Sorry. I don't know if you can hear that. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Delicious. Delicious liquor. <laughs> mm. um. 
but I just feel I don't do you see anything that's different from like people like that you hang out with or is this something that you we think is like more apparent in younger people oh she stopped doing dishes folks sorry I'm thinking hard can Can you see the the smoke coming out of my ears I can see I can see the gears turning (laughs) grinding more like um let's see no, you know, I, I've noticed it in people my age and growing up as well. I, I think it's definitely more pronounced now. And it could even be, I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into it, right? Like, you know, we text more than we call. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like, if I wanted to speak with someone, I wouldn't text them and be like, hey, are you free for a call? <laughs> just, just fucking call them. And if they answered, oh, they answered. Is, if they didn't an- answer, they didn't answer. That is something that annoys me so much. Like just at like my even even my friends if they I'm like hey can I call you or like some of my friends expect me to text them first I'm like I just I'm free and I just want to speak with you if you can't answer then be like sorry I'll call you another time and like that's the end of it yeah or just just don't answer even it's perfectly acceptable yeah, but you like know I, I don't think it's I don't think it's a necessarily a um, product like. Um, condition of our times because you know poor boundaries look at smut magazines right like you're standing in in the line at the grocery store and you're like oh you know what is um the duchess of cambridge up to uh you feel entitled to their lives um you know who's leonardo dicaprio dating right now (laughs) we feel a sense of entitlement to their life because they're public figures but that still doesn't entitle us to you know the inner workings of their minds, even if, even with partners, you know, we're friends, <clears throat> you and I are, are good friends. And I, I still don't think that you have rights to absolutely all of me. I don't um, want all of you. Just to clarify. <laughs> you <laughs> know, like there are some, but that's, it's, it's an internal boundary as well. You know, I, I save something for myself. That's, that's just for me. Like not, and maybe that's something with technology too, is like Facebook, share your thoughts. And I know Facebook's like the oldest thing. Like that's like, that's like the social media that all the Karens of the world reference. Um, (laughs) But like, that was the first Don't forget MySpace. That was MySpace. (laughs) And actually AOL Instant Messenger was like my first introduction to text messaging. (laughs) So old. So old. Just like on, it was just like texting, but with online, like dial-up internet, <laughs> where it sounded like you were sending a fax every evening when you were trying to get online. Wow, that's wild. <clears throat> um, where I was going with that, the whiskey's kicking in here. <laughs> well, and then you know, I guess we see the symptom of no boundaries, sort of big, sort of on the main stage of. Facebook and like you were saying with posting your thoughts you know like now it seems trendy and normalized that every little fucking thought that passes through someone's mind they're like oh this is gold I have got to share this with the masses you know it's like no I don't care that your shit turd looks like Jim Carrey I, I really don't need to know that you know yeah, I don't need to know why you're like, huh, I'm going to have a oh. Terrence McKenna moment and, and, you know, wonder why the floor is on the floor. I don't know. <laughs> well, 
like I don't feel like people just don't it's almost like they're so focused on making sure everybody else has all the information they forget it's like it doesn't matter like worry about and I find my one thing my mom like my mom's nuts but one thing that always stuck with me like so for example at work we had to share like so we have these meetings with all the managers every week and one they always do like a check-in question and one of the questions was um what what is a phrase that like you uh live by or like something and why and the first thing I said is worry about yourself (laughs) because that's something my mom used to tell me so like I'd come home or whatever I'd be like well this person and that and blah 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 my mom would be like worry about yourself like shut the fuck up yeah mind your business tend to your Mm -hmm. own garden yeah exactly and like I feel like that's really telling it's like you know um if you can help yourself, you'll help other people around you just by being the best you can be personally. And I feel like a lot of people forget that. Like they try to, um, I think we've had this, we've had this conversation multiple times since I've been visiting you is that if you, just because you're one individual doesn't mean that improving yourself doesn't have an impact on society as a whole. Cause it does. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was like that, um, she could pull up that clip from what, whatever Jordan Peterson's uh, response to that young girl in the audience. Yeah, and <clears throat> if I can find it, I'll, I'll put it in here. But essentially, uh, Jordan Peterson, uh, I know some people have you know their own opinion of him, but he's a, a brilliant man. And he essentially, she talks about, you know, are we not supposed to care about, you know, larger things like climate change and um, political things and issues concerning the environment and things like that? Like, what are, like, are we just not supposed to focus on those things? And his response is, well, I think that the issue is that you need to focus on yourself before you can start telling the rest of the world how to fix these problems. How are you? as a as a person and the way that you think and feel how are you supposed to fix something like climate change and even go about fixing that if you can't even deal with your own issues first was essentially his his thinking you know people's very strong resistance to look inward is exemplified Sorry, I'm trying to clean French fries off of this pan. <laughs> um, it's, um... Oh, is my most eloquent when I'm throwing away food. <laughs> Those poor fries, I feel bad for them. They were Not just the kind fries. of mushy. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's in. And this girl, you know, obviously she was coming from a more charged place I feel like when she because she, initially she didn't even really ask a question she was just like ah I'm like it's almost just like a t- and he and he even said to her he was like can you formulate these thoughts as a as a question please yeah. it's and hard to she, answer something when you start off this your sentence with like your ideas are shit answer that it's like is there a question in there somewhere yeah he was kind of like uh okay and I, and, <clears throat> I think yeah. his his main point that I mm-hmm. took away anyway, from his response was that you're no good to anyone else unless you've like, you've cleaned your own house, you know, and, and there's qualifiers, right? Like how many times has someone offered up information as if they're an expert on, on the subject, 
right? I'm, I'm guilty of that. But I think it's like, I'm just I'm just talking from my own experience. It's like people with products, like a product they use, just because it works for you doesn't mean it's going to work for me. Right. But people I've noticed have a tendency to speak as if they're qualified to speak about something, you know? And yeah. And with that, it's it's what qualifies a person to go poking their nose in other people's business if they don't even take care of it, like tend to their own business, Mm -hmm. you know, like mom, the house is trash. Don't come in and tell me to clean. Well, of course, mama, you can tell me whatever I want, but (laughs) I'm sorry, mom. Um, (laughs) Don't come in my room and tell me to clean it. If you're not going to, you know, clean your own fucking space <clears throat> yeah like be like don't don't come at me when you can't even get your own shit together yeah what qualifies <laughs> you to give advice to anyone when you refuse to even look at yourself you know it's like oh you th- you th- you truly think that you can see me clearly when you refuse to even cast a gaze toward yourself but you think you can see other people's clearly you know you can fix other people's problems but you can't even fix your own give me a fucking break yeah it's a, it's a little <laughs> hypocritical i will say and one thing that um this girl brought up too it's arrogant she, oh yeah a little bit um, well and it's just it's shifting the focus you know i don't want to look at myself so i'm i think he said like pseudo moralistic stances so that they can you know like look good to their friends it's like well i might be overweight and my finances might not be where they should be and i haven't talked to my parents in 6 years and you know i mean he speaks about this when when he's talking about jordan peterson we're talking about now like when he's um discussing his some of the books and or concepts in his book 12 rules for life <clears throat> one thing um so one thing this girl brings up too is she really she talks about like well she brings up how am how is me helping myself going to help climate change and um and his response is and this i I guess i'm coming from a place of i'm just irritated at the fact that she asked this because i feel like it's it's really underselling yourself as an individual and underselling um society because what if you get if you improve yourself as an individual you are helping improve society as a whole and i think people forget that it's the same concept like i know so many people who are like i'm not gonna vote because my vote doesn't count anyways and i'm and the only thing i hear when i when somebody tells me that is you know if if you voted and the person next to you who also felt that way and the person next to them who felt that way if all the people who felt that their votes didn't count voted there would be a very big difference in the in the amount of people that voted because it's almost like because you're not doing it it's not helpful (laughs) like you'd all have to do it and the same thing happens like if you can improve yourself and be a better person and be the best that you can be you are helping society and the more people that do that the more beneficial it's going to be i feel like people are think like they're not thinking farther they're not thinking past their own noses or maybe they're thinking too damn far you know you have what 100 years on this life 80 mm-hmm. of them you might be useful to yourself and to others the rest <laughs> of them you're just like you know the 20 and 10 in front 10 and back you're kind of like eh. mm-hmm. i mean <laughs> like that's just, i'm sorry 20 year old <laughs> the 20 hey. front end hey. and the 20 back end of your life are kind of just like you shitting yourself trying to figure yourself out you know <laughs> like or letting letting go of who you are right i like that we shit the first 10 years <laughs> and, the, and the last 10 years and we 
We need help with both of these sides. <laughs> we oh, Oops, I, I cracked wanna... my pants. <laughs> Adult diapers, you know, I sneeze and it's... <laughs> oh, I peed a little. Ask any mom. Ask any mom. <laughs> like, after they have one child, they're like, every time they laugh, giggle, sneeze. Oh, I peed a little. <laughs> but is it pee? <laughs> is it something is it? else? Is it? <laughs> I don't want to know the answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> never find out <laughs> but we have very short lives what do you honestly think you can accomplish in your life set your sights to that you know that's what that's my takeaway from his very simplistic advice you know it's not it's not fucking sophisticated it's not <clears throat> magical it's just very clear what can you do that you're willing to do to improve your own circumstances? Like <clears throat> I was listening to Richard Granin again. He said something about this, talking about like true Buddhist philosophy. <clears throat> and the goal is to minim like minimize your suffering, just to alleviate it a little bit. Because you're being, not going to eliminate it. You're never going to get rid of it. Being you, a human being is inherently suffering. Oh, yeah. It's just all hardship, basically, your entire life. So, Yeah. The goal is never to eliminate suffering. The goal is to minimize it when you can, where you can. The rest of the time, like the Stoics say, like, you just buck the fuck up. You know, and <clears throat> if you have people running around in the world, as we do, who are unboundaried, undefined, not well-defined, enmeshed, triggered very easily. They're ineffective in their own lives, in their own families, in their own communities. How can you possibly expect a collective of people like that to do anything? They're no good to anyone, not to themselves, nothing. It's like you're, talk to any successful person, they'll tell you, <clears throat> when you're making goals, you have to have tiers. It's like checkpoints, you're a gamer. Checkpoint one, checkpoint two. <laughs> Okay. Base camp one, like let's go climb Everest. <laughs> Set your sights on what you can do and then do it. Like when you prove to yourself that you have consistent follow through and you're getting shit done, that builds on itself. The momentum will gain. And then, yeah. And then you have people who can change big mass parts of the world, you know? And I think that it's, say like these goals don't and I think it's it's interesting that you specifically say within your means so <clears throat> there are people who are it's interesting that you say within your own means because there are people you know and you know there are parts of life where some people do have it harder than others and I and I think we both understand that so it's interesting that you say within your own means because um it's a, uh, there's actually a book I read it, it's about the power of habits and they interviewed a lot of these people who were having like very very significant problems um and what they would do is they just had a very very small goal that triggered that and from there it was it's like their whole world expanded so just because we're saying like oh we're not saying that everybody can be like a ceo or vice president or anything but it's very realistic to be able to set a small goal for yourself at the very least and meet, and meet those goals and improve yourself little by little yeah, we don't all start off at the same place, and we're not all headed to the same endpoint. I mean, other than the fucking grave. <clears throat> like, we're all headed there. <clears throat> also, we all pay taxes. <laughs> well, <laughs> even after death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Thinking. No, you're fine. Got that whiskey. 
got that whiskey brain. Some people have get whiskey dick. I got whiskey brain. <laughs> God. Um, what? You can edit that. It's fine. <laughs> I, I probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Even <You're> better. <laughs> um, and I, I just wish that people valued themselves more. Like improving yourself really does make a difference. And like, I, I hate to be that person that's like, like, I don't think I'll ever be that parent that's like, you can be the president of the United States one day. Like, I don't think I'll be that parent. Like, that's not a realistic goal. I would rather much, I would just rather encourage my child to do, and I don't have kids, just <laughs> put, putting that out there. <laughs> um, I think that it's it's better to encourage your kids to improve upon things that they like. I, I think it's it's good to set realistic goals because I think having a sense of accomplishment and being like you said, following through on things, that's it makes you feel really good as a person. And you'll oh sorry, you sound, go on. No, I, you're fine. I I'm in agreement. Um, of course, there's nuance with all of this, right? Like you don't when when a child is is learning to tie their shoes, you want to celebrate at each little thing. Like mm-hmm. you know, good job. Good job, yeah. kid. Like you did yeah. good. When you're your age or my age, like tying your shoes is not quite the accomplishment that it was at one time. Yeah, you know? everybody's at a different level. Right. And the and that's fine. Like I'm not I'm not trying to tell people like, oh yeah, you need to go out and do something. I feel like sometimes you'll hear speakers and there it's a little extreme, but that's not the point. It's more like it could even be something small. Like for example, this year I was like, I'm going to read more mm-hmm. and that's good for my brain. So that's what I'm going to do. <clears throat> well, and, and the why matters too. Like <clears throat> who am I? What do I want? What is my place in this world? Yeah, so for example, my just reading books, the whole point is to unplug from the internet. It's And I read physical books. I find ones, I go to like secondhand stores and find random ones that I read. And I think it's good. And I really try to make, so my, the whole way that I do it is I read one, I read one book that's more, it's like, I guess, uh, how would you put it? <coughs> Non-fiction? I'm trying to think. I guess it, it is nonfiction, but they're kind of like, you know, the power of habits and like Jordan Peterson's 12 rules for life and things like that. Um, and then like, I don't know. <clears throat> yeah. Well, like my friend gave me one about like Nazis that came from Germany to America after like, I, I don't pick a side. Like I read everything. Like it's, it's really good to, I mean, at the very least give yourself different perspectives. So I try to do that. And then I read one or two, three, uh, fun books. <laughs> yeah. But the and like the point is that even though I'm only reading one, say, enriching book, I guess, uh, not to say that my nonfiction, my fictional books aren't enriching, they are to me, maybe not for everybody, but, you know, the point is that I'm unwinding from being online because I find that when I'm online more, for example, when I was in... <laughs> When I'm online more, my brain just like. <laughs> I just thought of something. You know how we talk about like, okay, <clears throat> we've spoken to the idea of like this. I mean, it's it's probably overused and under understood. <laughs> under understood. There you go. Bars. Um, <laughs> sort of a, a helpless mentality, like a learned helplessness, right? Well, people, you see people wanting to. Why are you laughing? <laughs> I completely lost my chain of thought. <laughs> okay. I can talk about my books. 
like my books. <laughs> That's what happens when you interrupt Jessica. Shut the fuck up. Sorry. I was drink I your wait. goddamn coffee. <laughs> no, I'm just laughing at myself. So I'm like, this is what oh, I, I was like, I didn't think I interrupted. I, I feel like I'm no. getting better. That's that's for for the record, that's another thing I'm working on is not interrupting people when they're speaking. <laughs> It's important to listen to understand. It's to listen. Um really listen. so these these people like I've noticed a tendency for people to to ex- think that they're going to be saved or provided for by like the universe. And yet they think they themselves are going to be the, the savior of the world. That doesn't make a lot of sense. I that's a really that's interesting that you say that cuz I can like think of like two people off the top of my head that that just just immediately well it's it's a denial of yourself like why is it that climate change or something that seems huge to tackle as a lone person it is why is that trump eating better getting Um, quality sleep setting boundaries knowing who your real friends are and having standards and expectations for yourself and for the people in your life you know, well, why is that Trump that it's a denial of self, maybe because there's no self there, there's no boundaries. Maybe this is a boundaries issue. I, I don't mean, know, aren't they but... aren't they all? <laughs> yeah, I think our society and as a whole, we get into that in a second. But first, I think that the main rebuttal that 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 girl had <laughs> to Jordan was that um, she Mr. mentioned Peterson. <laughs> Mr. Peterson that's boundary Mr. breaking you are not his friend <laughs> but he's my he's my friend in my mind <laughs> that's boundary breaking <laughs> I have a uh, um, an online perception of him <laughs> that exactly. I hold dearly <laughs> um, um, but the, the rebuttal that this girl had which I actually kind of found interesting or maybe it was one of the other gentlemen that was on this panel they brought up you know the urgency or the the urgency that they felt towards the the mm-hmm. you know the climate change I think was the example because that, that girl listed off a bunch of stuff but I think he primarily focused on that so that's why it's coming to mind but that was the reason so like what would you what would be your response to that so say so you propose that question to me and then that would be the response like well I feel that this is urgent and I feel that it needs attention immediately so like I need to put other things aside because I feel like that's the main argument that's given when you bring these things up what would be your response to that there's a guy he's like a life coach and his um I cannot remember his name but his coaching service is called something like fit for service Okay. Right. <clears throat> if there's an <laughs> there's an urgency, I want someone who's fit to meet the demands of that urgency, like that emergency. Right. When I have a, a medical emergency, you want a doctor. I want someone qualified to handle that. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like I said, this I young doctor, woman. There's so many other. There's so many other positions. So. Right. No, but I mean, you're right. <clears throat> but yeah, see, I mean, it, it is interesting the way that when she brought it up, I mean, it's a valid question. So like if you if you as an individual feel that that's a, an extremely important and urgent thing, like I'm shrugging, I'm shrugging right now. Like, what do you like? How do you go about that? Like, what makes you prioritize what what is it that we feel that makes us prioritize ourselves over those types of things? Or are you able to work on those things 
simultaneously? Like, what do we, what's the verdict there? If we're going to use the example of environment, mm -hmm. um, like saving the environment, having better practices, all of these type things. Yeah. There's, I mean, just point blank, there's only so much you can do. So do what you can do and focus on what you're doing. Instead of attacking a professor in a... <laughs> Mind your business, you know? <clears throat> Handle your business. <clears throat> so many people want to give advice. <laughs> Me. <laughs> <laughs> all, of, all of us, all of I'm, us. I'm a fixer. I just want to help people fix their problems. So I focus on that a lot. So oh, like... that's so codependent speaking. I mean, but I'm that's fully... another problem too. It's a poor boundary, right? Uh, Let them fix their own fucking problems. And you have 80 years if you're lucky. <laughs> if I'm lucky, yeah. If you're lucky, you have 80 years. And you're going to look back and be like, I protested. <laughs> I, I bitched. <laughs> I pissed and I moaned. And what did, <laughs> what did I accomplish? I protested, I bitch, I pissed, and I moaned. There's a place, there's a time for that. There, oh, yeah, for and sure. And it, it can be effective. Oh, yeah. That's not the answer for everything. No. You know? And it's like, no. you're, I'm just going to keep coming back to like Jordan's, Jordan's book. Jordan we're gonna get book. we're gonna get hate for that because so many people and just to clarify for people. What, who... I, listen, I, I rebuke hate coming my way. I don't give, no. It's not coming. It ain't going to land. You can send hate wherever you want. The world doesn't mean it's going to land here. <laughs> no. Well, <laughs> like, I am not your emotional dumping place, okay? <laughs> no, thank you. Focus Keep on it. Your, focus on yourself. <laughs> oh, you have something to say? Choke on it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm... For those... For people who think... That, like, Jordan Peterson isn't even, like, inherently liberal. <laughs> people think he's, like, this right-wing, like crazy nut job and he's actually not he's he's the opposite we're discussing something that he said which had significance and sparked an interesting topic for us it's an interesting thought that it's he the had beginning and the end of it am yeah. i a follower of jordan peterson like, no Just because i don't like, i i'm not a i'm not a cult member i don't even like kool-aid <laughs> no he's just an interesting man who has interesting things to say and they have some level of validity. I love the questions he asks. You mm -hmm. know, he has inspired me to ask better questions or to ask questions at all. You know? Yeah, like, some people don't question anything, and that's really they dangerous. They don't question too. themselves. People, I question <clears throat> myself constantly. I'm, con I'm constantly confused. <laughs> about myself hence this 20 something podcast <laughs> yeah like i said at the beginning of this this is more this is for me <laughs> this is not a platform for others this is for me to sort my thoughts yeah. figure myself out <laughs> and we hope it's fun and entertaining for you <laughs> now listen i'm a, i'm kind of dumb <laughs> no disclosure. more no more and no less than any of the rest of us i will say going okay so going back to um Sorry, pulling it, raining the raining it back in. <laughs> um, going back to what you were talking about, I will say, working in the position that I have been in and learning to manage people, it has been a very eye-opening experience. So I said to you, like, I just I am inherently like at the core of my being. When somebody presents a problem to me, so there's two different reactions that most people have. They have they either want to 
help that person fix the problem and do it and get that done. Or they'll just be like, I'm sorry. What do you, I, you'll, you got this, you can do it. And they'll just tell that person it's going to be okay and be that support. I'm the person that wants to fix it. And I've learned through helping guide people that that's not always the answer. You have to let people fail sometimes. And you just need to be there to be like, it's going to be all right. You'll figure it out. And I think that, I think that being around people more has really in helping lead people through processes at work has helped me see that. And I'm not saying I'm great at it. I'll just, I'm just saying that I've acknowledged that there's a, a difference between the two things and waiting for somebody to ask you for help, even if you know that they're struggling. And I think that that's important. Yeah. Cause agent individual agency can be a beautiful thing. Sometimes people don't want you to solve their problems. Sometimes they just want you to listen and complain with them. And that's fine. And I just think it, it took me a long time to realize that as you know, a young person. So I, I can't remember where I heard this discussed, but Oh, hold on. I'm gonna refill my drink. I'm gonna I'm gonna step away and just listen to you in the kitchen while I pour myself a drink. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Round two. So I, I don't remember where I heard this spoken to, spoken of. But someone was saying that you know, I think it was like on Friends when they're like, there's no true selfless act. I'll, re- I'll recycle that. There's no true selfless act. <clears throat> like, because even things that you do for others, it enriches you in some way. Not necessarily, but a lot of times because like, oh, it feels good. It feels good to give. You know, <clears throat> I appreciate my circumstances more when I go and help someone who's worse off than me. Things like this. <clears throat> I get a dopamine hit when I like comfort a baby, whatever. I think one of the reason why we have such a shyness or we shy away from other people's pain is because we've taken like poor boundaries. We're going to keep coming back to that. That's fine. It's dirty. Um, <laughs> dick straw. <laughs> poor boundaries is enmeshment. You know, like if I care about you and if you were suffering, I would suffer sort of because I am witnessing and sharing in your pain. That's can be a beautiful thing, but it can also be it's enmeshment no matter what, you know? <clears throat> well, that's something I've talked about in a previous podcast episode is like you shouldn't just be uh you shouldn't rely you shouldn't just form a bond with somebody because you share traumas. That shouldn't be the foundation for a relationship. That kind of sounds what, you know, similar to what you're saying right now. Okay, so let me give this example. So, <clears throat> if my our parents, uh, my parents, sometimes have given me advice to avoid mistakes that they've made or that things, to avoid things in my life that they experienced in their life, which caused them pain. Like they're sharing lessons that they've learned with you in hopes that you'll listen. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know it comes from a place of, okay, like the one thing I have to give you is the wisdom of years and the wisdom of experience. And as mm-hmm. my child, you know, I love you. I want to, um, give you these tools to navigate your way through the world. I also want to spare you from pain because I love you. And I want, I don't want to witness your pain because it hurts me a lot. Sometimes <clears throat> allowing someone to figure it out for themselves, to struggle, to suffer, it is to their benefit. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, or at the very at the very minimum, for somebody somebody like me who's still working on these things, I I try to wait until they ask at a minimum, because sometimes people don't want your help. They and that's wanna... a boundary too, because you're yeah. not going into like rescue everyone. That's yeah. a poor boundary. I feel like I've been <laughs> conditioned to do that by my job sometimes, though, because they've, and that's a whole other discussion but they kind of condition you in this production space to get things done and I've and I'm fortunate because I'm kind of like that quote newer generation of production employees so we kind of have a we're more moldable than some of these older employees but some people I've seen that kind of move up into management from like tech like tech type roles you know on the on a plant floor type role um they really struggle with that because it's been ingrained into them. They've been molded to think that they need to have these knee jerk reactions and fix everything and help everybody and just get it done regardless of how much it's making them suffer or be stressed. Well, it can be more expedient, but sometimes doing what is convenient and expedient is not necessarily doing what's right in the long run. Yeah, I, I've seen that a lot. And just even, a, I'm sorry I keep bringing this back to my job, but one thing that I see a lot of is people people don't make like long-term training materials and then they get burnt out on training individuals who then do the same thing. They just train individuals and there's no actual anything to just, like for me personally, I feel that making a document and then handing that person a document, letting them try to figure it out themselves and then letting them ask questions if they come across a question that's not answered in the documentation you give them, that's a lot healthier and a lot better. It makes that person feel like they're able to figure some things out, but yet they still, you can kind of build that rapport with them and allow them to ask those questions if they need to. But we've kind of built this environment where I work in production. It's kind of like, Oh fuck, we got to fix it. This is going wrong. We're going to lose tons of money. And, and there's a joke amongst all of us. It's like, Oh, it's just corn. (laughs) <laughs> but it doesn't it doesn't feel like it a lot of the time though. Right. But you can tell when somebody's getting so stressed out to the point where you have to say that to them cuz it's like you forget. You get your head so far up your ass that you forget. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it is important and that's something that I stress a lot so like our company specifically goes through a lot of, you know, we're going through a very big transitional period right now and one thing that I really don't like is like some of the people that I work with, they feel like, oh, we can't let this person do this job because they'll be bad at it. And it's like, okay, but like, were you bad when you started? Like, of course, you don't know everything. You're going to make a mistake. And I feel like a lot of people don't, they don't give people that that opportunity to even make a mistake. And I feel like there's just going to be growing pains. That's what we call it if we yeah. put somebody in a position. And like, that's really something that as human beings, you have to experience growing pains when you do something new or you experience something new and it's unfortunate but that's that's life that's just how it is nothing's going to be perfect and I think a lot of people my age really feel like it has to be this way and I'm a really I'm a I'm a really good example of that I have horrible anxiety sometimes I'll admit that I get I because I really I put myself in this position where I feel like this has to be this way and this has to be this way and I mean, maybe I could attribute it to being somebody who really likes just processes and sticking to them as part of my personality type. But I think a lot of it has to do with being fed all this stuff. And I subconsciously, I feel like a lot of it has to do with all the media we're fed because it's like this person's perfect and they do this and that and this and they go uh, on vacation and they go to this exotic place and they do this tea detoxes or whatever and you constantly feel like (laughs) and you constantly feel like everything needs to be perfect all the time and that translates into a lot of other aspects of life 
and then you start feeling like so overwhelmed by all of these things that it's like <laughs> that was a lot of word vomit I'm sorry <laughs> no good it good yo <laughs> so we we started off <clears throat> with the label of like millennial right me <laughs> <laughs> and then we were exploring the ideas of like what it means to be a millennial what the context is you know who is a millennial <laughs> me <laughs> supposedly yeah and then, regurgitating information <laughs> and then we started sort of unpacking and and examining different ideas of what it is that we think of when we think of millennials you know me what are the things like <laughs> Sorry. the afflict whiskey <laughs> that you're afflicted with <laughs> whiskey <laughs> whiskey <laughs> okay i'm sorry go on so <laughs> so we ended up at boundaries right one of the most important aspects of life yeah <laughs> yeah very interesting and uh, funny story. I'll wrap. I'll wrap up with this. I have a very interesting. <laughs> so, <laughs> the guy that I dated in college. <laughs> um, this is uh, just to tell you how <laughs> how interesting all of this is to me, and how much I hold this near and dear to my heart. <laughs> so, when I was in college, I dated this guy. Right? You know, we all have like a high school boyfriend, a college. You know, and I'm. I don't mean somebody you dated for like a month. I mean somebody you dated for like first love you know yeah you know somebody that had a significant impact on your life I've had about three relationships like that um and the second one was my serious college boyfriend <laughs> and I would kind of talk to him about my family and things like that and he was kind of uh he was just annoying I I uh, this guy <laughs> um but he, um, yeah, you know, he would talk to his family about, you know, conversations we had. They were fairly close. And I remember his mom, his mom gave me a book about boundaries. <laughs> and she was a really sweet lady. I'm not trying to say like, oh, that's so rude. No, she like asked me if I wanted it and stuff and things like that. Cause she could, cause she, so I, I, I don't want to, I'm going to say, so everybody's has different experiences, but I was kind of, I had some issues, uh, in my childhood that, made me not really understand boundaries and I fully admit that I have you know I constantly have to work on these things and to help myself understand me and others other people better and I just think it's really funny because she felt the need to be like oh this book really helped me because like she didn't have a great childhood either and that she's like it really helped me and I remember at the time that she gave it to me I didn't even understand like why does a book about boundaries even apply to me like <laughs> and now and now that I, looking back at it I, I fully understand why this book helped her it makes so much sense because people who have these you know and we all have traumas of our own kind I mean rich poor you know, whatever else you're, you're going to have some kind of issue. All, everybody has different problems. It's for sure. <clears throat> but it Human was interesting. <laughs> yeah. We all suffer. <laughs> all of us have suffering. We've experienced suffering, uh, one way or another, <laughs> whether of our own volition or not. And she felt the need to give me this book about boundaries. And I didn't even understand why I needed a book about boundaries. But now that I've, I've grown a bit and a few years older than I was, I'm not saying I'm old, but 
you know. <laughs> um, now that I'm older, I understand boundaries are very, very helpful in life. And you can really see the difference of people and boundaries and the way that we have those boundaries. A couple hundred years ago, you could even say that people had too many boundaries if you wanted to. I don't know. There's an argument to be made. People never really talked about how they felt. They never talked about things that they thought, things like that. And now it's almost like we don't have any boundaries. That pendulum has shifted, shifted the complete other way. And I think it's more important than ever to really help define yourself, your boundaries, where you stand with other people. And and I, if you're a young person and you're listening to this, I, I really hope, <laughs> take what we say with a grain of salt. We're just two people trying to figure out the world like everybody else. But just remember, your boundaries are yours and don't let other people cross them. And if they do, you don't need to put up with that. And you should say something. This is something I struggle with. It's something everybody struggles with. But boundaries are, are very, very important and they're a condition of life. Have them understand them, respect yours, respect other people's. Yeah. Have some for yourself as well. Yeah. You know, if you don't, rather than being attributed to a generation and just sort of have this blanket label cast upon you, define yourself and take the time. Yeah. Yeah. Be true to yourself, understand yourself and know yourself, which I, even to this day I struggle with, but I try every day to, to further my understanding and, and uh, helping myself is helping everybody because then they don't have to put up with my dumb ass. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's my choice. <laughs> if they're like, yes, come over. I'll make you chicken. You can drink whiskey. <laughs> More whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> so for everybody that stuck around this long, thank you. And I hope you had a nice time listening to my discussion with Jessica. Such a such a fun person. <laughs> Drinking coffee at nine at night, trying to help me <laughs> stay awake. <laughs> me <with> my whiskey. <laughs> I'm enmeshed, guys. I'm so enmeshed. <laughs> I am my own person. <laughs> I am my own person. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening and peace. <laughs>